Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast. I'm Dr. Lindsay Doe, clinical sexologist, host of this and Sexplanations, the YouTube channel. I do some other things, uh, including hanging out with my friend Ash Hardell, who's here in Missoula, Montana, to talk with us about asexuality, among many other things. Hi, everybody. I'm Ash Hardell. I don't <laughs> identify as asexual, but... That's okay. Yeah, but I've researched a lot about asexuality and identities, so hopefully I can still be useful. Yeah. I mean, just as another human being who's willing to have curious conversations with me, that's who I want to hang out with. I'm your person then. Great. Let's do this. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters, Laura Schuster, (laughs) Donna Flint, Maddie O'Sullivan, Paul Nixon, and the Millers. In your honor... We are going to do a testy question. Now it's time to hold our testies. We're actually going to do a full-on asexuality trivia quiz, or as long as we can deal with it. I'm going to put Ash to the test. I've already you taken. Because you cheated, and you I already did. figured I, out all the answers. Maybe I won't remember them. True. <laughs> maybe I'll just forget all eight answers. Boom, they're gone. Oh, there's nope. only eight? There's ten questions. Okay. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, it does. Okay. You ready to do this? Mm-hmm. One. Oh, and it's timed, but don't you worry. Oh, it's so if you want to play along, this is at PurposeGames.com, and I just found it by searching asexuality trivia. So we have, first question, what is secondary sexual desire? That is... Oh, you don't even want the choices. Oh, no, I know what that is. <laughs> get it, get it. <laughs> uh, well, I think I know what that is, at least, if I recall correctly. I think it's when a human being decides they want to have sex, but not necessarily because they experience sexual attraction or they want the pleasure. It's for another reason, maybe to satisfy their partner or because they like sex in the dynamic of their relationship or whatever. It's sex for another reason besides liking, wanting, and feeling attracted to pleasurable sex. So you would say it is the desire to engage in sexual activity solely for the sake of happiness of the other person involved or for another ulterior motive such as the conception of children. Yee. Yeah. Versus, here are some other options in case you want to know what secondary sexual desire is not. It's not when a person believes sexual desire is less important than romantic desire or the development of sexual desire after romantic desire is established, or the feeling of wanting to have sex with someone again immediately after having sex with them. Like secondary sex. (laughs) We've had our first sex. I would like my secondary sex, please. Yeah, I like that. Seconds. All right. From my understanding, though, it could be more than just to satisfy your partner and to have kids. It could also be to satisfy your own libido. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because I think it's saying ulterior motives like Like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, second question. Is asexuality a belief or an orientation? An orientation. What is an orientation? (laughs) Third question. Is antisexuality a belief or an orientation? A belief. It's like sex negative. It's like the antithesis of sex positive, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So a belief. Awesome. I don't have the answers here, oh, but I'm pretty I'm confident you. that you are <laughs> nailing it. I'm looking at you for, <laughs> for immediate confirmation and validation, but you don't know. Okay. I mean, those are the answers that I would give. Those are the answers that I gave Okay. when I almost aced the test. So we're going to go with... Was that pun intended? <laughs> <laughs> 
Everybody needs to ace the test. Which of the following is not a reason typically associated with being antisexual? The relentless pursuit of sex is nihilistic. Nihilistic? How do you pronounce that? We don't know. (laughs) Sexuality can complicate relationships. Sex causes the loss of brain cells. Sexual desire can cause people to place primitive instinct ahead of intellect. Or sexuality asserts itself in the human mind by releasing neurochemicals comparable to addictive drugs into the brain. Hmm. We're looking for not a reason typically associated with being antisexual. This is a harder one. Um, would you read A again? The relentless pursuit of sex is nihilistic. Nihilistic? Sure. Whatever. One of those. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to go for B because I, I think that my understanding of sex negative people is they think sex is kind of evil and bad. Okay. So you're, you're saying that sexuality can complicate relationships is not one of the reasons typically associated with being anti-sexual. That sounds like the least evil thing. So <laughs> that's what I'm going for. You really believe these anti-sexuals are I don't think evil they're, in their thinking. I don't think they're evil, but I... I from my understanding, they really are against sex. They think, like, soci- society, like, really prioritizes sex in an unhealthy way. I think it goes beyond more just than, like, oh, it made our relationship complicated. So I'm going to go for B, but I could be wrong. This one is definitely iffy. Okay. I think I put causes the loss of brain cells. But, you know, oh, let's see what happens. Wait. Is that all? Does it does it go on beyond cause the loss of brain cells? No. Oh, that's it? Yeah. I put in your answer. Oh, okay. Well, we'll find out after the test is that over. That one sounds pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I may also agree with you. Maybe they're not that silly that they think it actually kills brain cells. Okay. Sex. Bad for your brain. Right. Um, true or false, an ace is another term for someone who identifies as asexual. Mm-hmm. True. The other answer is false. It is only a term used in tennis. Oh. <laughs> True or false? Asexualism and antisexualism are essentially the same thing. No. False. False. And then it says, false. Antisexualists believe sex is wrong or should be avoided. Asexuals have nothing against sex. They just don't innately care to engage in it. That is true. Ta-da. Okay. Then we have true or false. An asexual person is someone who is not interested in sex. Do you want me to read you the options? <laughs> There's False. Someone may identify as asexual but have an interest in sexual activity for the sake of their partner or may have an academic interest in terms of the psychology or sociology of sex or true. I'm going to go for false because being asexual just has to do with the lack of attraction, like sexual attraction. It doesn't have to do necessarily with the action. Right. Yeah. Right. Yee yee. I love, too, in the the full um, answer to that question, they talk about having an interest in sex in an academic way because I think so many people watch Sexplanations, which is a show about sex, who identify as asexual. They don't experience sexual attraction, but they're super curious about it from an anthropological, sociological perspective. And I love that. Have you ever heard of the term autochoreosexual? Auto, A-U-T-O, choreo, C-O-R, or curio. That could be it. Like C U R. I only read things online. Nobody like, ever speaks these words to me. So, but curio as in curious. No. Tell me. So, because you're talking about being curious about sex. So, there's people who identify as asexual, but they still enjoy having sexual fantasies and thinking about sex and things like that. But they don't ever want that to become a reality. They have no interest in like having that be like if somebody showed up and they're like hey do you want your sexual fantasy to like happen right now mm-hmm. the thing that you always fantasize about they'd be like nah pass i like it in my brain um so you can so st- how are you spelling it 
Um, Choreo um, with an O. Yeah, I would say, I think there's an H in there too. I think it's like C. I can look it up really quick. I'm not pulling it up anywhere because I'm trying A U T O C O, nothing. C H. Okay, so I'm searching asexual terms, auto. Can I, are we sure about the auto part? We're decently sure. <laughs> Do you have the term in your book? No, I don't. Ash wrote a book. A really, really amazing, comprehensive gender book called The ABCs of LGBT+. Plus. Plus. Yeah, it has lots of gender terms and sexual and romantic orientation terms. Okay. Boom. Oh, 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 oh. Am I saying it wrong? I think I am. No, but something just came up. I don't know why it came up now. A-U-T-O-C-H-O-R-I-S-S-E-X-U-A-L. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's so strange. It didn't come up before, but after I that? searched asexual terms, then when I put it into the search engine, it came up. Yeah. Autochorial. Oh, maybe it's not choreo. Maybe it's just Cory. Chorio. sexual. Tell us in the comments if you know how to pronounce this. So people who identify in this way are known to get aroused by sexual content but not actually want to engage in sexual activities. They masturbate but are not but are neutral or rep- or repulsed by the idea of having sex with another person. They fantasize about sex but envision people other than themselves and or view it in third person as though they're watching it on TV rather than imagining it in first person through their own eyes. They predominantly or entirely fantasize about fictional characters or celebrities rather than people in real life they know. They identify as asexual and feel no sexual attraction to people but enjoy masturbating, are aroused by sexually explicit content, and or have sexual fantasies. So everything that Ash said. It's kind of like a removed interest in sex. So it's not like asexual people always like never think about sex, aren't curious about sex, or things like that. And I think that identity is kind of like a cool display of that. It is. I, lo- I really like all the identities. Next question. Which of these do not describe a gray A? <laughs> I know the answer to this one. Because <laughs> I got it wrong. I didn't read care- carefully enough. A person who experiences sexual attraction but has low sex drive. People who enjoy and desire sex, but only under very limited and specific circumstances. Someone who is only attracted to people with gray hair. A person who experiences sexual attraction and drive, but strong, not strongly enough to want to act on those. Um, and then someone who does not normally experience sexual attraction, but does experience it sometimes. I'm going to go for the gray hair. Yay! What is a demisexual? A person attracted only to asexual people. Someone who identifies as asexual approximately 50% of the time. A person who does not experience sexual attraction unless they form a strong emotional connection with someone. Or last option, a Demi Lovato fan. <laughs> um, C, was C the one where you don't develop feelings until you a strong emotional bond is formed? It's yes. That one. Yes. Last question. What does homoromantic mean? A, someone who is emotionally attracted to a member of the opposite sex, but not sexually. B, someone who thinks Homo homo Depot. Someone who thinks Home Depot is a great place to take a date. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call it Homo Depot now. Yeah, me too. Uh (laughs) C, a person who is romantically attracted to a member of the same sex or gender, but not necessarily sexually attracted. And D, a straight male whose idea of romance is similar to that of a straight female. Where you are romantically only attracted to the same gender. Yes. 
but not necessarily sexually attracted. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to mark this. But it's saying you got a 90%. Yeah, because I think the brain cells won. I think you're right. Oh, the brain cells won. Okay, so let's let's see our answers. It's been confirmed. I'm not asexual because I didn't get 100%. <laughs> no, that just means that you don't know a lot about antisexuality. That's true. That's what it's called, right? Antisexual? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's about the brain cells. So it looks like typical associations with being antisexual are the relentless pursuit of sex is nihilistic. Sexuality can complicate relationships. Sexual desire can cause people to place primitive instinct ahead of intellect. And sexuality asserts itself in the human mind by releasing neurochemicals comparable to addictive drugs into the brain. I mean, yeah, I can see healthy people believing those things and choosing not to participate. I don't know that antisexual is the best term I would use to describe them. I would say that they're more like abstaining. Sure. I think that some people take issue with sex-negative or antisexual people because they project that belief onto sex in general, not just Ah. themselves. So they think, like, sex is bad. No one should have sex. It's like the opposite of sex positivity. Because sex positivity doesn't say everyone should have lots of sex all the time. It just says that sex can be a really great thing and we shouldn't associate shame with sex or, you know, things like that. We should learn a lot. We should be safe. And sex can be great. Sex negativity is like sex is bad Yeah, for everyone. That's interesting because I think so many of my identifiers are very personal, right? So if I identify as heteroflexible, I believe that f- for that's my orientation, but I'm not saying like everybody mm. should be heteroflexible or that everybody is heteroflexible, but yeah. I do think that there's um, what you're saying is that one is a sexual orientation and one is a belief system Yee. about sexuality. Yeah, it's like a like an ideology, kind of like sex positivity. I guess you could identify as sex positive, but it's more of like a, a way of thinking. Rather Which than, was, those yeah. were actually questions yeah. on the quiz. So yay, see, we both know. We know what's up. Let's not be antisexual, folks. Do you want to know another asexual identity? <laughs> yeah, Because I have one more. Um, have you ever heard of a coy sexual or lith sexual? And if you had to guess, what would you say? Wait, say it again. It's the same identity, but there's two different terms. A koi sexual? Mm-hmm. A-K-O-I. Oh, A-koi. Yeah. A-K-O-I. I believe that's how it's spelled. And otherwise, lith sexual, which is just L-I-T-H sexual. I don't know either of those. So they're the same thing, and it's essentially somebody who can feel some kind of, like, sexual attraction, but as soon as it, or you could be lith romantic or koi romantic, so some kind of attraction, but as soon as it's reciprocated, those feelings go away. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, but now I want to understand more about the prefixes. What's yeah. a koi mean? I don't know. You're the etymology person. You, you I, <laughs> I love etymology so much. Okay, well we'll look that up. Isn't lith doesn't isn't lith like lithic like stone? Is that could that be a is that a thing or am I making that up? No. Yes, maybe. I don't think you're making it up. I don't know though. Can stone, I, stone I was means... thinking lithe. Oh, okay. But because stone sometimes means no touching. So if you had sexual attraction, but as soon as it was reciprocated, maybe maybe that's probably a stretch. This is so exciting. Okay. Do you want to teach me two other terms? Sure. Yes. Do you know the different kinds of attractions that many members in the asexual community define and talk about? I assume you're going beyond... So there's like sexual attraction, obvious. Romantic attraction, obvious. And then there's other kinds of attractions. Ooh. Tell me. I mean, are we talking about, like, 
squishes. <gasps> I love the word squish. Do you know what a squish is? Yeah. I oh, love cool. the word squish. I love the word squish. So you should probably define squish for anyone who doesn't know what it is. Okay. If you don't know what squish is, it is what I would define it as an, a non-romantic, non-sexual crush on someone. That's perfect. There, it's it's yeah. It's kind of like kind of like platonic attraction. Yeah, I did an episode. I don't know when I talked about squishes. Maybe in my crushes episode, or maybe elsewhere. It was in an early video of explanations, and then I listed some of my squishes. Who are your squishes? At the time, I have squishes on Hank and John Green. I have a squish on you. Oh, I have a squish on you too. Oh! What is that called? What is it called when two people squish each other? Um, I don't know, but... Are we squishy? <gasps> I like that. We're squishing, and we're squishy. Oh, so cute. So there's sexual attraction, pl- um, romantic attraction, platonic attraction, and then there are three more that I know of. And you want me to guess what they are? Uh-huh. Uh, can I go with social? Like social attraction? Mm-hmm. No, that is not one of them. Okay. Maybe we need to make it one. Because right now I'm thinking about Klein's grid. Klein came up with a model for sexual orientation and breaks it down into all of these different components of of attraction, like political attraction, social attraction. I'm trying to think of what else is on there. Yeah, and that can certainly be like an attraction. That's so you're saying sexual, romantic. Platonic. Platonic. Maybe intellectual. Maybe I should just give them to you and you can guess what they mean. <laughs> That's probably be a better way, huh? Okay. So what about sensual attraction? Sensual attraction to me would mean that you are you desire sensations from that person that are physical but not sexual. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah. You like So they make you feel good, but they don't turn you on. Yes. That's a Beautiful way to define it. Yeah, it's just being sensually attracted. You could be attracted to the way they smell, the way they feel. Um, oh, yeah, all of the senses. Yeah. So you might like cuddling with them, holding them, spooning, but yeah, just nothing more sexy or more romantic. Oh, maybe that's how I feel about this woman I went on a date with. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Is that I am sensually attracted to her. Like right. I want to... To, like, touch her soft skin Mm -hmm. and look at her pretty self and have really thoughtful conversations that stimulate my mind. I probably wanted to smell her. Right. Maybe taste her? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Especially if you thought, like, the kissing, like, tasted good or felt good and tasted good. Yeah. But kissing doesn't... (laughs) Not just, like, licking her. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Give me your cheek. (laughs) I want to taste you. (laughs) Oh, I like it. Okay, so that's the fourth one. Mm -hmm. And then there is aesthetic attraction. So being lured in by their parents. Yep, just as something like visually appealing. Like I like, and you can even get kind of like trendy or Tumblr about it. Like I like your aesthetic. Like if you just like the way somebody looks Mm -hmm. and you're really attracted to that, Mm -hmm. um, you admire that, you like to look at it, it's great. That would just be like aesthetic attraction. I'm trying to think of who I'm aesthetically attracted to. A lot of people, but celebrity-wise, I think I'm... I think Connor Franta has a cool aesthetic, but I'm definitely not sexual. I know I'm not sexually attracted to Connor Franta, but he has a cool aesthetic. Everything about him, I would say I'm aesthetically attracted to. I haven't seen recent Connor Franta. Connor Franta. It's like minimalistic, pastel. 
very oh ye. very cool i like your aesthetic i like uh stevie's aesthetic i like i mean both of you are in my life recently so there's a little bit of a recency effect happening who else is you're saying looks that i'm like physically attracted to them but not in a i want to get in your pants kind of way i want you to keep your pants on because i think they're stylish exactly more like I appreciate looking at you. You are pleasing to my eye. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Okay. Cool. And what's next? Uh, and then there's, this one's hard for me to say, but it's al- altruist attraction. Altruist attraction. I have to say it like three times. Altruist attraction. Mm. Okay. So I'm guessing that comes from altruism. Referring- or altruist attraction. I can spell it for you. A-L-T-E-R-O-U-S. Oh. So not altruism. Right. Alter. A-L-T-E-R? Yep. U. O-U-S. O-U-S. Alter, like to change something. Altruist? Altruist? I don't know. Um, But I want to make up something for it. Yeah, you should make up something for it. Is it being attracted to someone's growth? Oh, like like their change? Oh, like how they've transformed? Yeah. Like more of a, a personality thing of like... I admire this person's self-awareness and their their introspection and their personal journey and I don't know. No, it's not that. But I think that's very sweet and I like that. And I, <laughs> I, I think there should be a term for that because I think that's cool. Um, no, I can give you a clue. You would be altruistly, altruistly attracted, I don't know how to say it, attracted to a human being you would be in a QPR with. Ooh, Okay. So I need to now remember this other term that you taught me outside of the podcast. QPR is a queer platonic relationship. And a queer platonic relationship is, uh, for me, as a cis woman, does it matter if I'm a cis woman? Do Mm -mm. I need to qualify that? Nope. Anybody can be in a QPR. You can be straight, gay. Oh, okay. Um, that's where I want a platonic relationship with someone, anyone. Close. It's, yeah, it's close. It's not a sexual relationship and it's not a romantic relationship, but it's typically described as more than platonic. It lives somewhere in this hard to describe and hard to qualify land between platonic and romantic. Cuddle partners. Yeah, yeah. Okay. More than friends, but less than lovers. You're telling me that if I experience this alterous attraction, Mm -hmm. that I would experience it toward a QPR. Mm -hmm. Touch? It's very similar to the definition of a QPR. It's it's an attraction that's neither platonic nor romantic. It's, um, It's just wanting like an extreme emotional closeness to somebody, having that kind of attraction. So it's more than friends. So why don't we just call it an emotional attraction? I guess you could. But a lot of times people conflate emotional attraction with romance. Mm -hmm. That's how people, a lot of people define like. Oh, I don't at all. How do you find romantic attraction then? How would you define that? It's really hard to define. Yes, I agree. But I would say romantic attraction is the desire to be in a progressive love relationship. Like, to me, romance is kind of outdoing yourself again and again and again. So I got you chocolate, and then I'm going to get you roses, and then I'm going to get you a ring, and then we're going to get married at this ceremony, and then we're going to go on this honeymoon, and it keeps going. Whereas there can be forms of platonic love that don't have to uh, – it's not so much of a performance. 
Oh, okay. That's interesting. It's hard to identify with, because I'm thinking about my current romantic relationship. Well, I guess we're advancing. It's hard because there's lots of moments of, like... Plateau. Yeah, or, like, stillness, or, like... But in a good way, in a way where there's no pressure to, like, continue or advance. I don't know. I think that could be, like, a personal definition. Uh, oh, of course. Right. Uh-huh. Of course. But I'm thinking about my relationships that I would consider emotional and those that I would consider romantic. And the ones that are emotional, mm-hmm. there is love. There is a relationship. And so it can't be devoid of those two things. But it's, like, in the romantic relationship, it's more about, I don't know, like a perf- a performance of that love. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, now we're getting so deep. We don't have language to communicate it. I think our language is too limited to describe yeah. romantic attraction, like in a broad sense. Like what is romantic attraction? Not for you, not for me, but just in general. So it's it's hard. And that's why it's hard to d- define words like QPR and altruist attraction because we start we start ending up using other words and just saying it's between that. We don't have a word for what's in between that, but it's between that. It's between yeah. platonic and romantic. And that's just what it is. It lives somewhere in there. It's hard to define. That's It's very interesting to think about because now in my head I'm wondering if I seek romantic attraction. Because I think at least at this point in my life it's almost like I seek the people I'm sexually attracted to and then I seek the people that I'm emotionally attracted to and I keep those as unique worlds. Okay. Maybe. Maybe that's what I feel today in this moment. It's, it's so not hard. It's the case. Because we always change. Yeah, I try to it's say so good. <laughs> it is so good. good. Yeah. Okay, are we missing one more? Nope, I think that's it. Sensual, platonic, romantic, sexual, altruist. Those are great terms. I think so. That's way more than three. I am learning so much. I love learning from you. By the way, if you don't realize this, Ash Hardell has a channel on YouTube called Ash Hardell, um, <laughs> which is... Such, if I could be aesthetically attracted to an object, there it would you be go. your channel. Thank it you. is so beautiful Aww. and smart and really um, put together in a, like this clean, concise, user-friendly way to convey the ideas of your brain to say like, these are the Ash Hardell thoughts. I'm going to share them with you as a way of kind of documenting my life, and then let's have a conversation about them. Totally owning the fact that you understand other people might not think the same way and that coming together is going to improve everyone's lives by, you know, like having this dialogue and a hydraulic lift of sorts. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So if you want more of this magic, that's where you can go. YouTube.com slash Ash Hardell. I don't know if that's right. But <laughs> I don't know if I've if I've stolen that um, redirect. So you might no no I don't think I have. You might have to go to my original username, which is youtube.com slash hey there zero zero five. That is the etymology of my YouTube name. It started out <laughs> as that. I'm looking it up right now to see if I think if you go to my old name Ashley Mardell. Oh my gosh! Wait, why? Why wouldn't it go to Ash? Hardell. Because I, I stole the redirect of my old name, Ashley uh-huh. Mardell. Uh-huh. And then YouTube got really picky after that. And they're like, you already, uh, they made it really strict about how to get a redirect now. And they think I already used my one change. So I'm kind of stuck. Oh, man. Trans problems. Because I changed my name and now I have to always have my URL be my old name. Oh, well, whatever. I feel like YouTube would 
Make the exception? Yes. Maybe. We'll see. I'm also lazy, so I haven't really looked into it. I figure people will find me if they want to. <laughs> yeah, I asked you what your gender was yesterday so that I could, uh-huh. like, maybe discern pronouns when I could have just asked you pronouns. And you're like, mm, gender lazy. Gender lazy, yeah. <laughs> but then I think I knew what you were going for, so I said any pronoun is good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, so let's let's do this thing. Okay, called, ready. It's called the main squeeze. Main squeeze. Uh, uh, uh. And I am going to read this uh, this cool thing about our sponsor and we're going to do I you can say it kegels or kegels but basically clenching your pubic coccygeus muscles on cue for the the duration of this plug and uh, like strengthen as a big old group cool. doing a, a family friendly workout I here. like it I'm getting ready <laughs> I see that. Every position have the maximum kegel. Your feet are planted on the floor, <laughs> palms down on your lap. This is great. All right. So this um, sponsorship, how do we, what do we want to do? What would you like to um, cue you on a kegel? Like um, usually I'll read it and then we'll interject moans or spanking sounds or I think a moan numbers. Could, a moan could be good. Yeah, you want moans? Yeah, I want moans. Okay, let's do moans. So every time you hear a moan, you're going to clench and then release. Okay. So this week's sponsor is Fun Kit Toys. Uh. It's spelled F-U-N-K-I-T Toys. And the logo of it, by the way, is so cool because they turn the N on its side so it looks like fuck it toys. So good. Anyway. Funkit Toys makes body-safe modular experiments <sighs> in pl- platinum. That word. Why don't I know this word? Platinum. Okay. There we go. In platinum silicone. Oh. With a new toy every month, there's always more ways to play. <sighs> Use one toy as a handle or attach a bullet vibe holder. Stick two together for a double-ended toy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which I've totally done, by the way. Uh. You can stick these toys together base to base and then they become new toys third toy oh they're so cool fun kit toys are designed to anatomy regardless of gender and come in up to six hand mixed colors as unique as you are oh uh, that's beautiful i like it have you seen these toys before no oh my gosh ash they're so beautiful For, so we've got high grade silicone which means that they're body safe They are really designed to all different types of anatomy. So it has nothing to do with, like, gendering body parts or anything along those lines. Any toy for anyone, whatever feels good. There's no rules. Use what you like. Yes, exactly. The bases have some sort of superpower suction on them. So you can stick them to each other, and then they become, like, this giant super toy. So they have one that looks kind of like spaghetti. Like a, it's like a flogger end. Okay. Okay? And you can stick that on what looks like a dildo end, and then it can become a full-on, like, That's whip cool. it around. It's uh-huh. so cool. I love them so much. And um, Kenton, who makes them, puts in rainbow colors. 
Aww. So you can get them with like a, a full rainbow swish on they the inside. They can be so gay. I like oh, it. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. That sounds awesome. I really, really like them. All right. So I want to hear more about your experiences with the asexual community or learning about asexuality and anything else you want to teach me or the audience. Okay, cool. Um, do you know what the term zucchini means? I thought of a few more that I knew. <laughs> no, tell me. Um, zucchini is what you'd call the person that you were in a QPR with because you wouldn't want to put any kind of like romantic or sexual implication on it the same way that like husband or date mate or boyfriend or girlfriend have, you Mm -hmm. know? So there wasn't a word for people in QPRs to call their partner because even partner feels kind of romantically or sexually loaded. Mm-hmm. So they created a new one. And it's kind of facetious. It's it, it's kind of a commentary on all these new terms that are coming up. You know, mm-hmm. like new words are being invented all the time. So they almost like owned it. They're like, let's pick the most ridiculous word, zucchini. I mean, <laughs> what I'm finding interesting about it is that it is so sexual. Oh, yeah. It's kind of phallic. And yeah, you're right. I didn't so if that. I if I called someone my zucchini, I don't think a single person is going to be like, oh, you must have a platonic, yep. a platonic plus relationship with this person that isn't romantic or sexual. I think they're going to think, oh, Lindsay just uses <laughs> that person's body <laughs> as an object for pleasure. That's true. Yep, it's not the it's not the most perfect solution. <laughs> okay, well, nice try. Uh, maybe we'll we'll make it a thing and we'll stop sexualizing vegetables. I, doubtful. <laughs> um, and then have you heard of no romo? Yes. What? Wait. What? The phrase. It's slang. It's just no, no romo. romo. Like this is coming from no homo. Yeah, it's a it's common. It's like a parody of no homo. Okay, so no romo meaning. We are not romantically involved. Yeah, so you'd say it. You'd say it like when people used no homo before, they would say it, you know, in a homophobic way. They'd be mm-hmm. like, I lo-, like one guy would say to another guy, like, I love you, man. Like you're so cool. Oh, but 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 no homo, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so sassy, aromantic people will <laughs> do the same thing. For they'll be like, you're the best. Like, like you're such a cool person. I love hanging out with you. Oh, but 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 no romo. But we're not romantically attracted. It's it's kind of just like cute sassy. Sassy, I like it. All right. And then asexy. Asexy? Would this be somebody who identifies as asexual and also has an expression that is very sexual, like exudes sexuality, though they identify as asexual? Oh, no, but that's a good guess. I like that. That, like, makes sense to me. Um, No, it's another slang term. Okay. It's also kind of cheeky. It's just a way to give a compliment from an asexual person or to an asexual person. That means, like, you look good or that looks good, but not in a sexy way. Like, you look asexy today. Um, oh. Yeah. That's a good one. It's cute. Can non-asexual people use that, or is that a between community members kind of thing? Um, That's a good question. I'm not totally sure. I feel like if a non-asexual person were to use it, if one, if like a Z-sexual person were to use it mm-hmm. towards another Z-sexual person, that just might be kind of random and out of place. Mm-hmm. But if you were like Z-sexual and like being friendly and fun with your asexual friend, I feel like it would be cute and appreciated and mm. sweet. But it's probably just more common. Let like us in know the- in the comments what you think. And yeah. will you tell them what Z-sexual is or do you want me to? 
Yeah, you can go for it. Go for it. Okay. I think if I'm understanding correctly, the same way that we have words to, I could do this much more simply, but I want to say, it's like, instead of saying uncircumcised and circumcised or saying transgender and then everyone else, we are marking all of the groups so that everyone is being examined. No one is being the default or the dominant, et cetera. We're like, everybody gets a a marker. And so the asexual community to describe people who are not asexual started with allosexual, A-L-L-O, but that didn't work because that term was already being used elsewhere. And so they chose Z-sexual to refer to people who are not asexual. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, people who experience sexual attraction are Z-sexual. And um, it comes from, like... (laughs) Your definition was so much more concise. No, but I like your reasoning for, like, why it's necessary. Yeah. Because otherwise it just... Otherwise it's, like, there's normal people and then there's asexual people. And clearly that's messed up. Like, that's not a good way to frame it. So, yeah, it's to give everybody a label. So not only certain people feel othered or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, and it comes from, like... Sexuality existing on a spectrum from A to Z. Or mm-hmm. you could do the American pronunciation and say Z-sexual. I've just never heard anybody. It's spelled Z-sexual, and I've never heard anyone say Z-sexual. But apparently you can. So Yeah. Up to you. I like it. Uh-huh. I think it's very creative and really helpful in being inclusive and acknowledging diversity and that, like, I don't get to just decide that I am sexual and that person is other. Right. Um, also, in a previous episode I did with Michael Aranda, we were talking about asexuality. And I said, and maybe you can give some perspective on this, that asexuals are sexual, but they don't experience sexual attraction. So as a species, they produce sexually. They don't produ- reproduce asexually, but they are asexual in that they don't experience sexual attraction. So it wouldn't be fair to say, I am sexual and this ace person is asexual. I need to say, we are sexual, this person is asexual, I am Z-sexual. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that one's tricky. I think then I would go back to like individualistic Mm -hmm. definitions and self-identifying i could see you saying that to an ace person and then might and they might be like well i'm not sexual though because not only don't i experience sexual attraction but i'm actually like sex repulsed so i've never been sexual i never want to be sexual i feel weird calling myself a sexual being but i understand what you like where you're what you're saying i think it comes down to personal connotation when you say we're sexual I think your connotation and your understanding of that might could be different than like a sex repulsed asexual person. They might not even be comfortable b- saying that. Yeah, and I don't think I would I mean, if you are ace and I am talking to you right now, my apologies, but I I wouldn't go up to someone right. <laughs> in person as an asexual person and yeah. be like you are sexual, <laughs> yeah. but but right. I, I'm just saying. But you're trying to find some commonality. Like we're all just people, and we're sexual beings. And I'm uh, no, I'm last. I, I yeah, that um, I think it's it's part of the larger conversation of categorization for science versus okay. categorization for identity. Sure. And science says, okay, this is why there's a problem with the word sex to begin with because we've got. Sex, which is 
related to anatomy and sex, which is related to chromosomes and sex, which is related to coitus and sex, which is related to gender and is just like sloppy. When you but, say they're sexual, do you mean like they're not asexual in the scientific way where they like yes. bud? Like they don't yes. like grow a new human on the side of their body? <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, in that way, <laughs> I think yes. Uh-huh. Yes, that's what I'm referring to. And so I also don't think that it's appropriate to say this person is transgender, so the rest of us are gender. Oh, yeah. Right? We can let that. Um, For gender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. The, the, I'm just gender. What is that called? The root word? Yeah. Be a separate thing. And every part of that group gets its own mm-hmm. name. That makes sense. Okay. I hope I'm not overcomplicating it. No. I like it. And I, I like that you brought that up, too, because there are still some people out there who hear asexual or they hear about asexuality and they do they do go. That's why there's a meme that's like, I'm asexual, but I'm not a plant or I'm <laughs> asexual, but like I'm not a sponge. Right. Because um, some people do think like textbook, middle school biology, like mm-hmm. asexual being that reproduces on its own. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good reminder that no, when we talk about asexuality, we're talking about like an orientation, not like a means of reproducing by yourself. Yeah. Right. Or <laughs> we might not be talking about that, but it's helpful to clarify. And so asking questions is good. Saying what does that mean to you is good. What questions are less appropriate for a person to ask of someone's sexual orientation? What's inappropriate? Yeah. Um. Like what shouldn't I say to someone who is ace? Sure. Like, so if you've just met them, maybe don't be like, so do you have sex? Or so, <laughs> so do you and your partner have sex? Yeah. Because, you, I mean, just think about it. If it was any human If it was being. anyone else, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really invasive if you just asked me about my sex life um, as a Z-sexual person. So it's the same mm-hmm. for asexual people. But a lot of times uniqueness um, inspires curiosity, and curiosity trumps what is and isn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. Our curiosity will get the best of us and we'll still ask those questions. But if you can, hold off. And it's not like you can never ask those questions, but there's like times and places you can Google those questions. If you're wondering if asexual people have sex or what it looks like, you can Google that. That's safe. That doesn't offend anybody. You haven't made anyone feel weird. You're in your living room alone, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can also like get to know an asexual person and create like some kind of bond or trust and like in a mutual respect. And then when you're in a safe private environment you can ask permission to ask a personal question and then ask that question Mm -hmm. but yeah don't just like spit out like like describe your sex to me and how does that work with like who you are i would add that it's really important to not try and fix that Mm -hmm. person like we'll just have sex with me and i'll show you how much you like it um that's abusive not thinking that there is something pathologically wrong like oh maybe you need new hormones or you need to have sex in order to spark your sex drive or whatever that is in my world there's a distinction between someone who is hyposexual so they have a low desire and they struggle with that they don't want it to be that way that right. is problematic for them and so we would diagnose them with hyposexual desire but that's very different than a sexual orientation where this person doesn't see it as problematic or they do and don't care to change anything about it and they identify like it's part of their their being not a part of their um their chemistry yeah and a lot of this like this feeling that we can fix asexual people 
like a lot of those ideas are born out of another cool term. Well, it's not so cool. It's kind of a bummer term, but it's called amatonormativity. Have you heard of that one? Amatonormativity. Will you spell it? No, I cannot. It's <laughs> I mean, it has an A at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. so I'm guessing that it's without. Matt? What else is Matt? Like amorous. Amatorous? That's what you're saying? Like am no, it's amor, ma- like love? It's it's amatonormativity, but I believe it's coming from amorous. Oh, okay. So this belief that, to me, what comes to mind is that sex is love. Or, like, my experience of love should be your experience of love? Um, or the assumption that there is love in place? Yeah. The last one is the closest. The The assumption that, like, experiencing romantic attraction and romantic love is the norm. It's normal. Everyone should do it. That's what we strive for. If it's missing, something's wrong. And I don't know if there is a word for the same concept, but as far as, like, sexuality goes, because that's about romance, but uh, you can imagine the sexual equivalent of, like, a metanormativity. Just, like, this idea that romance is normal, sex is normal, and anybody that doesn't experience romantic or sexual attraction or desire is outside of the norm. It's kind of like heteronormativity. Yeah. I mean, it would probably be erotonormativity. Oh, yeah. I I use erotocentrism, erotocentrism to explain that tendency to believe that your sexuality is someone else's sexuality. Yeah. Or ethnocentricity is when you believe that what your culture does is the norm. And so other cultures, like, what? They don't kiss on the mouth? They think kissing on the mouth is dirty? Like, ah, that's not right. Sure. And, uh, yeah, how we need to check that often. Right. Check in with your... I like that. Your normativities and your centricities. Yeah. Erotonormativity. That, I don't know if that is a word, but it, it, probably, <laughs> it, is probably, it, it probably could be, and I like it. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying amora... It's weird. Amatonormativity. Amatonorma. Amatonormativity is the sense that things should be love or have love relationships. Romantic love, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very, like, anti-aromantic. So, like, if you're aromantic, it's not because that's your orientation and that's who you are and that's fine. It's because, like, you're not normal. So, and that's kind of, like, feeds in, normativity feeds into a lot of the, like, well, you just haven't found the right person yet. Mm-hmm. No, love is normal. You just, like, have to keep looking. You're just not doing it right. It, mm. yeah, it doesn't, like, accept this. No, this just could be how you are and you could be totally happy and functioning and maybe we should just let you be. <laughs> Wow. So now I'm curious what it would be if we said, we say people are romantics, then the other word would be aromantics. Mm-hmm. Or we would say people are lovers, and then what are the people who are not lovers? People. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't work. But you don't want to have just the root word be the other word, right? right so aromantic, exactly. you wouldn't want it to be romantic. I don't know. Yeah, there isn't a word. There isn't like a like a Z-sexual equivalent of romantic. Ooh, there should be. Somebody should invent Zed it. Z-romantic? Z-romantic. Yeah, why not? It's still from A to Z. Yeah, so fascinating. So how many words do you have in your book? Uh, well, my book doesn't actually have any... It doesn't have... <laughs> my book doesn't have any words. There's no words. It's a wordless book. It's just bound paper. It's called a journal. No. <laughs> um, no. My, my book... Um, a lot of the words that we talked about today aren't in my book. 
because a lot of those words have to do with asexuality and aromanticism, and I was hoping to write about those in the sequel. But my book does have a lot of other words that have to do with gender, sexual and romantic orientation, and I believe there's... Oh, it's in the conclusion. I have the number of words in the conclusion. The word count of the book or the number of terms that you define? Oh, there's like 45,000 words in the book. But I'm talking about, yeah, the number of terms. Is that what you're asking me about? Yes. Um, It's a really beautiful book, by the way. Uh, I recommend getting it in a physical copy because it's so fun to touch. It's really smooth, soft, I think is the word I'm looking for. Uh, It's really pretty. I am aesthetically attracted to your book. I think my brain can't decide if it's like 85 words or 115, and I can't find it. But it's it's somewhere between 85 identities and 115. Oh, identities even. Yeah, Yeah. that's wonderful. Such a good thing. Okay, so the last thing we get to do before we say goodbye is come up with Sextra Credit. A little homework so you don't forget it. Here's Dr. Dose's Sextra Credit. So an assignment that we give the audience to do in the next week before they listen again. And I hope it has something to do with them reading your book. (laughs) (laughs) Or making up words. Do you have any ideas? Um, I would invite them to plot themselves on like an asexual or aromantic spectrum. Like are you totally Z-sexual or is any part of you maybe not all the way to the right or left? Just like reflect on how Z-sexual or asexual or romantic or Z-romantic or aromantic you are. It might like surprise you to see that you're somewhere in the middle of the spectrum rather Mm. than the very end. That makes me really want to have a workbook that goes with this show so that people can fill out all sorts of pretty things. But the workbook for this episode really is your book and probably the sequel because you do have those spectrums in your and on your pages and they're pretty. <laughs> I do, yeah. And I even have a couple blank boxes where you truly can just like write and doodle. Yeah, make whatever feels most true to you. I was trying to increase the page count. No, I'm just kidding. I thought thought it could be a cool activity to make you think. (laughs) It's a great activity. All right. So now you have your extra credit. I want to thank you so much for coming to this podcast, for being on Sexplanations, which we're going to go record now. We're going to go shoot so you can see our faces do this in a different version. Thank you for inviting me. You're, you're welcome, of course, anytime. But let's keep having this conversation all day long. They just don't get to hear it. Sorry, friends. <laughs> um, I also want to thank Complexly and Cinema Studios for production and Count Boogie for the jingles and Cora and Parle. I'm still learning.